Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Welcome to Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise. And on this show, we'll be putting it back in the can. What? What? I oh, know the opposite. We'll be taking it out of the can. There we go. What are we drinking? <laughs> this week we are cracking open Let's Be Homies, a collaboration from Stone Brewing and Deschutes Brewery. And yes, I finally looked it up. It is Deschutes, not Deschutes, which is how I think I was saying it in previous episodes. I believe so. Dust shoots. The shoots. So because this collab was technically put out by Stone, I'm just going to talk a little bit about them because we've never featured the uh, either brewery on the podcast before. And honestly, I still want to do episodes on both Stone and the shoots in the future. So I'd rather. We haven't. Wow. I'm surprised. Yeah. Wow. So Stone Brewing was founded by Greg Coach and Steve Wagner in 1996 in San Marcos, California, which is in San Diego County. Their mission was to create amazing, flavorful beers and provide an alternative choice for those who were unsatisfied with the industrialized beers dominating the market at the time. They are now the ninth largest craft brewer in the United States, operating two production facilities on both coasts in Escondido, California and Richmond, Virginia. Their beer is available in all 50 states and in more than 40 different countries. Wow. Pretty impressive. That is. Stone says their passion for beer over the past two plus decades covers dozens of styles, including lagers, stouts, sours, and Belgian-inspired creations. But it's no secret that IPAs are their favorite style of beer. They were among the first to pioneer the West Coast-style IPA, helping to, quote, Fuel the modern craft beer revolution and inspire a generation of hop fanatics. So this collab was released on September 10th of this year, and they do recommend drinking it fresh. So make sure you pay attention to the best buy date on the bottom of your can. And as a side note, Stone is very serious about keeping things fresh. They print clear, uh, bottled and canned on and enjoy by dates on every package and ensure that all wholesale partners deliver stone beer via cold chain distribution. They even rotate any beer that happens to go past the enjoy by date out of the market, replacing it with a fresher batch. And there's even a link on their website to report if you see expired beer in stores. 
Tattle. <laughs> anyway, here's how Stone describes this beer. Quote, nature is full of great collaborations. Take plants and pollinators, for example, a symbiotic relationship that gives us fruits, vegetables, and of course, honey. Although Stone and Deschutes have origins on near opposite ends of the West Coast, our backyards are brought together in this hazy IPA brewed with equal parts Oregon blackberry honey and California orange blossom honey. A craft beer cross-pollination, now available across the nation. <laughs> Ain't that sweet? Two different types of honey? Mm-hmm. What? I know, right? So, so uh, break it down for me, honey. Get it? <laughs> Honey. Uh. So Let's Be Homies is a hazy IPA clocking in at 7.5% ABV, and it uses Chinook, Triumph, Cashmere, Comet, and Mosaic hops, in addition to the aforementioned blackberry honey from Oregon and orange blossom honey from California. Chinook hops were bred back in 1974 by Chuck Zimmerman while he was working for the USDA hop breeding program. It was released in 1985 and found popularity with both mainstream and craft brewers. For the most part, mainstream brewers like Coors uh, like Chinook for its bittering qualities, but craft brewers found that the flavor and aroma were something to be appreciated as well. So it's definitely a dual purpose hop variety. Chinook can be slightly spicy with somewhat smoky slash earthy qualities. It has an impressive piney character with distinct notes of grapefruit. But its bitterness can turn catty when used in large quantities. It's one of the off flavors of beer. Meow. <laughs> Cashmere hops, which were developed by Washington State University and released in 2013, are the result of a marriage of Cascade and Northern Brewer hops. It's a good dual purpose hop with even higher alpha acids than that of its parent, Cascade. Cashmere showcases flavors of lemon, lime, and melon. It has an herbal aroma and provides a smooth bitterness. Although an editor for Draft Magazine went to a a hop tasting seminar featuring cashmere, and he had this to say, quote, this was the most unusual hop and definitely a crowd favorite. Tropical coconut, peach, and tangerine filled out the aroma, while a similar flavor profile paired coconut, melon, tangerine and the lemongrass hmm. sounds pretty yummy intriguing next up we've got comet which was actually released in 1974 by the usda after being bred specifically to address the demand for higher alpha hops comet's parentage includes english sunshine and a native american hop creating a flavor profile with strong grapefruit notes comet is good for bittering as well especially in lagers Uh, but it's also popular to use for dry hopping in ales and IPAs. That being said, Comet is no longer in commercial production and is actually somewhat difficult to find. Oh, because only independent farmers are using it. Mm -hmm. Not that it's dead, it's just less. Harder to find, yeah. Mosaic hops are a fairly new variety of hop, having been released in 2012, but they are patented, so you cannot grow them yourself as a home brewer. You can only buy them as cones or pellets. So when they were bred, the goal was to create a hop similar to Simcoe, but something that would provide a higher yield come harvest time. The name Mosaic refers to the complex and broad aromas that it imparts. Its flavor profile spans the range of blueberry and berry medley to mango, stone fruit, 
floral, bubblegum, tropical, citrusy, grassy, piney, earthy, and spicy. And because of its clean bitterness, it also lends itself very strongly to dry hopping as well. Is there anything this hop doesn't taste like Basically, or can't do? And then last but not least, we finally got a new one, Triumph. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I'm aptly named. Yeah, appropriate. <laughs> uh, so Triumph is actually one of the newest hop varieties to be released by the USDA Hop Breeding Program. It's almost two decades in the making. And while the initial acreage of Triumph was small, the high demand for this hop has pushed farmers to expand it out. It's the new kid on the block. Yep. Triumph's parentage in- consists of East Kent Golding, Brewer's Gold, Nugget, and Haller Tower Mittelfra. <laughs> and the noble genetics are definitely present, making it a great hop for lagers. But Triumph has also found its place in fruit-forward ales and IPAs due to its bright aromas of orange, lime, and peach. Aroma descriptors range from bazooka bubblegum to a cup of dole peaches, but it has a piney and earthy characteristics as well. I dig the cup of gold, gold, dull peaches. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not such a fan of the bazooka bubblegum flavors. <laughs> I like bazooka bubblegum, but not my beers. That's fair. That's very much a Belgian thing mm. that I know you aren't a huge fan of with Saison's. Anyway, that's what I got. What about the honeys? I can't find anything about a specific honey like that. What? I guess one tastes like the blueberry and one tastes like orange then? I would assume. I mean, we, we've we had orange blossom honey here. It's not specific to California. I don't remember. <laughs> You're supposed to tell me. I feel that down. Sorry. Can I make you feel better with some beer? Well, I mean, I'm always up for bribes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. All right. I get some sweetness, but not really any like distinct notes. Smells, the- smells like an IPA right off the can. This Ooh. is, yeah, pretty much exactly the color I would expect. Oh, it's a little less hazy than I was thinking it was going to be. It means it was going to be hazy. It did say it was hazy specifically. So yeah, I yeah. am surprised. It's not very hazy. There's a lot of sediment, but I assume it's because of the honey. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice gold color. There's so much stuff floating in this beer. Yes, there is. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> it does smell nice though. Sweet. It smells like a nice floral. sweet beer. Yeah. It does smell floral. Yep. Light carbonation. There's a bit of a head on it, but not mm-hmm. by much. Not crazy. Shall we? We shall. Cheers. Cheers. Whoa. Super floral. But also super piney. Not about super piney. I've had pinier. There's a nice bite from it though. After the initial sweetness. Yeah, it does have a little bit more of a bite than you'd normally get from a hazy. But also, I don't, I still don't know if you'd categorize this as hazy. I mean, do, is it the shit floating in it that they think makes it hazy? I guess the hazy? sediment makes it hazy, yeah. I mean, I guess. Not that's really. Gotta, that's gotta be it. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. It. Yeah. Piney, floral. Just I just get a lot of floral. Mm-hmm. Sweet, but not in like a sickeningly sweet no, way. No, like not in at a, all. Not- in a honey kind of sweetness, mm-hmm. like a natural, all natural sweetness. I'm not getting any of that weird, normal, not the weird, any of that normal stone fruit kind of flavor, though. None of that kind of grapefruit and stuff like that. No, not really. No more than you'd usually get in any. I feel like the honey kind of masks it. Really, all I get aside from the 
the honey, the sweetness, and the floral is the the piney and the resin character that you get on the back end. I'm getting a little bit of a berry. Yeah, maybe the mosaic has got to be. A little bit of it, a little bit on the back end. Now, to be fair, I do have a little bit of a sinus infection today, but I can pretty much taste okay. Mm-hmm. I get a little bit of berry. It's definitely a little bit of berry. Am I crazy or does the... I imagine they had to use a pretty significant amount of honey in this recipe. Oh, yeah. I think that's the sediment is all honey. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, does it change the mouthfeel slightly for you as well? Uh, No, I think that's all psychosomatic. Okay, cool. That you know it's honey. So you're like, yeah, it's thicker. It's smoother. It's honeyer. Not, Not so much thicker, but smoother. I don't think so. Okay. I think that's maybe an effect of maybe them trying to make a hazy IPA. Because hazy IPAs are usually one of the best things about them is their smoothness. Mm -hmm. I think this is a smoother beer, but I also think that's due to low carbonation as well. Like it's not a super carbonated beer. In fact, I barely hear anything out of it. That's true. There's not a lot of carbonation for this one, despite its pretty decent head initially, which is now going down. When you look at the sediment, it just kind of floats in place. There's nothing moving it around or anything. Yeah, exactly. But the sediment's got to be But you're not chewing it either. Yeah. You can't feel the sediment either, which sometimes, despite everyone saying you can never feel sediment, you can feel you sediment can, yeah. sometimes. Sometimes you're drinking sludge and sometimes you feel the sediment on your tongue. In this case, I can't feel any of it. So it's got to be like the honey just kind of congealing a little bit and that mm-hmm. melts in your mouth. Yeah. It is a nice IPA though. It it's is. It's crisp. It's refreshing. It's got these flavors that are really nice it's and go well together. It's very interesting. Like it makes me want to sip more. This I know it was released in the September, but this would be a nice summer beer too. I can sip this on. I can like see a deck. this in the summer. Yeah, it might be a little heavy for summer, mm. but not. A, I mean, obviously, you're Maybe. not going to have a crazy amount of these because it's already seven point five percent anyway. Sounds like you already had too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely something you're not going to have a bunch of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't sit as heavy as most hazy IPAs, where it's like, oof, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Like some some hazy IPAs hit like a stout or a porter where you're just like, whew, that was dessert. <laughs> uh, this you could have with a dinner. Mm-hmm. You can have this with a meal and it wouldn't like weigh you down. Yeah. I definitely this wouldn't have it with, with everything. Pizza. pizza because of the piney bitterness. I think West mm-hmm. Coast IPAs lend themselves well with pizza, but I think you'd lose some of that sweetness, some of that honey. That's true. Yeah. You'd be doing it a disservice almost. I think it would be good with. I don't know. Fish, maybe light fish, something where the taste wouldn't take away from the that nice floral berry aftertaste kind of a thing. I don't know. Fish and chips can be pretty strong after you fry it. Oh, but you wouldn't be disappointed to have this with anything. No, I mean you can have this with whatever. It wouldn't ruin the taste of any other food. You just might not get as much out of the beer. Yeah, as opposed to other beers where the flavors simply just don't mesh with food. Yeah, where it's just like oh. Like what was I drinking the other day? Oh, after we went to the Tribus after party mm-hmm. for the Tribus Thanksgiving Eve, we came home and I had a lot of dark beers. The black IPAs and stuff I had would not go well with a lot of the, food. Yeah. It would just, ugh. It's an alone beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice crisp pine, honey. Pi- Actually, I get like pine and flowers at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then the honey comes in big time. For sure. Ends with the berry notes for me. That's what I get. Maybe, okay, I'm dumb. It might not be the mosaic hops. It might be the the blackberry honey. Could be. If it's really I, strong. If it, yeah, I wonder how fruit forward that 
It is. Because it's definitely there. There's definitely that berry at the end. That's what I'm getting. And that's why I have they have blackberries on the can. Would you like to talk about the can? That's a, uh, That was an incredible segue. An incredible segue. <laughs> I'd stand up and applaud if it wouldn't shake the microphone. <laughs> it would. It absolutely would. <laughs> oh, so wait. Thank, thank you for not. There's more Ooh, beer in my can. Beer. Oh, yeah. It's like when you pick up your jacket after like the summer and, and you there's, find there's like there's a $5 like a bill there yeah. and you're like, oh, free money. So it's the can is myself. <laughs> the can is a tall boy. It's a full professionally wraparound label. Mm-hmm. Something you'd expect from the ninth largest craft brewery in America. It's true. Uh, it is a beautiful, like dark purple metallic kind of plum mm-hmm. color. I, I love that color. Whenever I play a video game where I get to like, my character has like armor, like a mm-hmm. futuristic kind of armor thing. I always do like this color purple and like gold. You, you kind of do. Yeah. I think that's a, an amazing combination. I it's love very those colors. Regal. Yeah. So it's like this regal plum metallic purple around the can. Uh, and then the front of the can obviously has hexagons because, you know, honey, bees and honey and stuff. So there's these little yellow uh, lines making up the hexagram. And in the center, there's what looks like they mix up this big hexagram. Uh, that says, let's be homies inside. It's done like 1970s font, but it's also honey splattered on it. It's like splattered honey version of a 1970s font. Uh, let's be homies IPA. That's orange. And then inside these little hexagons surrounding it are green leaves, bees, flowers, a drip of honey. Uh, a couple of them are colored. Like there's a, a f- one flower, one couple of flower ones that are green inside, a couple of berries around that are orange in the background, a couple of leaves that are white with the background to give it a, light, a nice bunch of pops of color. Almost like a puzzle, like a video game puzzle or something. We have to solve it and put things together. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the stone and uh, Deschutes or Deschutes? Deschutes. Deschutes. The stone and Deschutes uh, brewery logo are very small above the Let's Be Homies. Uh, kind of hidden in there. It's stone and Deschutes. Yeah, it's very subtle. And stone, obviously, if if you're listening to this podcast, you must have seen or had a stone IPA at this point. It's an I incredible would, yeah. IPA. It's probably, it was almost certainly what got them to be the ninth biggest mm-hmm. brewer. It's an amazing, amazing beer. They do so many though. They do, but stone IPA is kind of their classic. And yeah. that's the one you're going to find in all restaurants all over the place yeah. and it's liquor a, stores. A standard. <laughs> it's amazing with every meal you ever get. If you don't know what to order and you're like, huh, uh, uh, just get a stone IPA. That's what I do. If I'm like pressed and I see it, I'm like, yep, I'll just do stone IPA. Uh, stone and the shoots. So stone is the little de- demon devil guy uh, all drawn up and it's just his head. And the shoots is like mountains and a river around it in a little circle logo. On the bottom, there's a little yellow stripe on the can that says hazy India pale ale brewed with honey. 7.5 alcohol by volume. One pint, 16 fluid ounces. And on the left side, you get exactly what Elise already said, so I don't want to read it again. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. but It was on the website, too. Yep. But the one that ends with, ain't that sweet. Buzzworthy IPA. And then it says, a collaboration with Stone Brewing and Deschutes Brewery, or Deschutes Brewery, brewing can by Stone Brewing, Escondido, California, in Richmond, Virginia. So, who knows where this is from? Is it from Escondido or oh, Richmond? Oh, yeah. My no, guess I- is it's got to be Richmond because it's closer to us. Probably. Yeah. Keep it fresh. Yeah. They, they must. Serve if that's, it to the East if that's their, their thing is to keep it fresh, then I would assume we're, yeah. <laughs> you can find more about this beer on stonebrewing.com slash let's be homies. 
<laughs> I think that's interesting that the beer itself actually has a website because they don't usually do that yeah. in most games. Uh, then they have a little tiny Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube logo. Oh, not that's Facebook new. or anything. Yeah, YouTube at Stone Brewing. Uh, hashtag Let's Be Homies. I'm actually interested to see what they have on their YouTube. I wonder if they have like how they make the beer videos and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, I wish I saw that before the episode. You could have said a bit more about it. <laughs> <sighs> it's got the nice the Independent Craft Brewers Association logo on it in yellow on the bottom. And on the right side, that's it. That the rest of it is the uh, hexagrams or hexagons and stuff. It's a very eye-catching can. It's very mm-hmm. pretty. It's very well done. It's very interesting. You see why we had to do it. Yeah, yeah. You just have to. The your eyes are drawn to all the little shapes in the hexagrams. You're like, oh, okay, that one, that one, and that one. It's a really cool can. And like I said, some one of my favorite colors for sure is that metallic purple that that mm-hmm. is. And it's a fantastic beer. I mean, just having Stone on it in general. I mean, Deschutes also has amazing beer, um, but Stone is always a like lot a more go-to prevalent around yeah. where we are. And I would imagine around where a lot of people are, since yeah. Their distribution is Their ever, distribution literally is everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all the way, we're really far away from them. So mm-hmm. if if it's everywhere for us, it's, it's prolific around us. It's got to be prolific around a lot of you guys. So yeah, definitely pick this up if you see it. Absolutely. Because it's really, really good. Makes me want to put honey in my beer and see what happens. Ooh. I don't, I don't recommend that. No, probably not. <laughs> Maybe though. <laughs> no, no, I don't recommend that. <laughs> so yeah, I like this beer a lot. This is very enjoyable. Like, I'm honestly kind of disappointed that we don't have more in the fridge. But at the same time, I know I don't need another 7.5% beer. <laughs> so probably for the better. Yeah, you're just going to go to sleep if you have another one. But it is really nice. It's really crisp. It's really refreshing. I actually wasn't expecting this when we poured it because of its description as a hazy. Yeah. I was expecting something much different than this. Uh, and then the sediment. I don't know what to call <clears throat> it other than a hazy. I mean, it's more of a hazy West Coast. Just I a suppose. West Coast IPA. That's what I would call it. I don't a know sed- if I'd even sedimenty call it West Coast super I- sedimenty. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting toward the end of my glass. I don't know if it gets clumpy at the end, but at least so far, like I can't tell the sediments there. No. But that being said, I'm not quite at the bottom yet, and the sediment looks like it's getting thick. Thicker. <laughs> it's just so interesting. I love the berry. I love the pine, and I really just it's love very how well balanced. It is. Yeah. Very interestingly balanced. It is a fantastic beer. I can see why you're so excited to have it today. Mm. <laughs> Anything else to add, Brinke? Uh, that's all I got. Then that's all I got. All right. Well, then thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Open, or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. Always. <laughs> what else you got to plug? Oh, okay. I was waiting for you to transition me. Uh, I've got, uh, I got a podcast, Forgotten Cinema. Podcast studio with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the audience simply didn't catch on with the movie in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about it, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. That's available at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com. 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, uh, wherever you get it. Please rate, review, subscribe. Check it out. It's a great podcast. Uh, and while you're on ForgottenEntertainment.com, if that's where you're checking it out, check out all the other great podcasts there. Uh, we uh, have a podcast company or an entertainment company where we have a bunch of different podcasts and video series and stuff that you can watch and check out. I've also got auto audiobooks on Audible. Michael Butler, check me out. Sour, Coffee at Midnight, Switch Art Front and Gangsters, Progressive Entrapment, Sour, Vacation Planet, all these books. Really good. Really great. Written by other people. Narrated by me. Most of them are horror. Some of them are sci-fi. Uh, some of them are mystery thrillers. Check them out. I don't get paid. Unless you guys buy them. That's all I got. <laughs> Very nice. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.